Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Brilliance Security Podcast. Hello, my name is Steve Bocut, and I am an editor for Brilliance Security Magazine. Brilliance is an online digital publication dedicated to the security industry. Our mission, and thus our name, is to illuminate the intersection of physical and cybersecurity. We cover both of these security domains by publishing original content about threats, hacks, products, and security strategies. We hope you will enjoy this podcast and visit us at BrillianceSecurityMagazine.com. Welcome to the Brilliant Security Magazine podcast, and thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your listening. Today, we've got a fascinating guest today. Today, our guest is Dr. Maria Bell. Dr. Bell is the founder and CEO of Digital Twin Imaging. DTI creates, maintains, and integrates 3D models for use by first responders to expedite their response to any emergency, such as an active shooter or a mass shooting incident. So that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on. Um, the, The topic for today is technical innovations designed to reduce active shooter response times. So with that, welcome, Dr. Bell. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. All right, this is a fascinating topic, and I'm sure that our audience is going to find this very interesting. So let's start by just getting kind of a high-level overview, if you will, of digital twin imaging, uh, what it is you do, how you do it. Just kind of give us a high-level overview of your organization. So I am a gynecologic oncology cancer surgeon, Um, And I do robotic surgery and have been doing robotic surgery since 2005. So I do virtual reality surgery all the time. So this topic and this industry is is not new to me. Um, What I was initially trying to do is to develop medical services for the metaverse in order to get real world things into a virtual world. You have to create a, a data point cloud and then you can get it into the to the metaverse. Um, in order to pay the bills, or so to speak, um, I was using the technology to work with general contractors, uh, insurance uh, companies, as well as marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and our first published work was a church from Sioux Falls, and um, it was very well received. They published it on their website. A lot of good feedback from their parishioners all across the country. And the Catholic schools here saw that and asked us to do the similar thing for the schools. And then uh, Uvalde, Texas, in the Robb Elementary School tragedy occurred. And as I watched the footage, I, I, I just it dawned on me that the first responders didn't know anything about that school. Right. And so that was my aha moment. And I took the, uh, the church scan and showed it to uh, the sheriff of Dickinson County, Iowa. And I just said, if I put first responder information into a school model, do you think that would be helpful? And he said, I think it'd be very helpful. So that's how we started. All right. Fascinating. 
So, uh, and and I went to your website and and spent some time there, and I hope our listeners will as well, because there's some you you've got some great assets there. You've got some good videos and interviews, and and you can actually see how the how the solution works. Um, but for those of us who are listening now and and haven't had that opportunity, so tell us about the the um, the technologies that you're using and, and the strategy. So I'm in I'm envisioning, and from what I've seen, uh, a first responder has a, a a tablet or some other tool in his hand and he can actually see what the facility looks like that he's entering. Is that correct? That is correct. So the first responders use it for training. So it's available um, 24-7 for them to review a school and to do training. But it's also deployable through their current emergency management dispatch software at the time of crisis. So we've been able to demonstrate that we make a copy of the school model and we give it to the first responders and then they take care of it, of the security of it, they deploy it when they need it. Um, so we use a combination of LIDAR scanning and 360 photography that gives you this immersive feel like you're really walking through the building. Okay. And then we can place information into the model, for instance, we um, place pictures of each unique lock in the facility because oftentimes the SWAT teams will have a locksmith and they'll wanna know how much time it would take to get through whatever door. Um, we also have uh, placed a drone view of the school uh, and the surrounding streets that are named, um, the parking lots uh, are lettered and denoted there and that's put within the model as well. So most, I think most parents don't understand that most first responders have never been in the school that to which they are deployed. Right. And so this gives them a really accurate, um, immersive feel of the school. There are other companies that make 2D maps that are deployable, but you don't get that same immersive feel. All right. So this is fascinating. So a couple of things are going through my mind. First of all, the training aspect, I'm fascinated with that. So does that mean that the first responders can train how they might respond without even going to the facility? So they can, in their own environment, they can take the tool and they say, okay, get together, guys. We're now going to train on XYZ school. And they can run through this whole training scenario whatever, without even leaving their own offices or, or yard or wherever. Um so is that what we're, is that kind of the intent or do they actually come to the facility and maybe they do both? I don't know. Come to the facility and actually run through a training at the facility using the tool. No, they just use the tool. So they, they do just their, use the tool. Okay. They do all that way their, they can train on so many more facilities. I mean, it would take a lot of time to move you, you and all your equipment to each school or each church or each hospital in the town. Um, all right. Fascinating. I, I love that idea. Um, and the 360 view, that too is is great technology. We've all seen that now. I think we're all familiar with it, but I can just only imagine being a first responder and having that ability to stand outside of a room and yet get a 360 view of where everything is at, you know, where the entrances, the exits, the windows, uh, any of those kinds of things. And as you talked about, even down to details, like what kind of locking hardware is on some of these openings um, and how, what it might take to, to breach that opening if you needed to. Um, so it's not, it's not live video. So they're not actually seeing, um, 
you know, like where furniture is placed, maybe, I mean, furniture moves, right? So I guess originally they would see, okay, this is maybe the way the classroom is set up, but that might be a little bit different, right? Is, is that's, that that's true? But okay. what, what we do as part of our maintenance um, agreement with the soft target school is um, make sure that they haven't done any major renovation. We would rescan, you can rescan a room and put it into the model. You don't have to rescan the whole school. So you can, if they've done some remodeling, we can go in and scan that room and put it into their school model. Oh, okay. Fascinating. Um, then let's talk about that scanning process. Who does that? How big of a job is that? Does it take a long time? Do you literally just walk through with the camera? Well, you said you're using LiDAR, so there's some pretty specific uh, equipment used, right? Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So we use lighter scanners and basically our technician goes in and they start at the entrance and then they just move the tripod and scan and do it again. The, the building needs to be empty. We, we mm -hmm. don't want people in there um, for, let's say, for instance, a um, hundred thousand square foot building would take probably 12 man hours. So we can bring in a team or it can be just one individual. Okay. Okay. So, so it's not too onerous to go through and do the, do the scanning. It, it seems like it, with the right equipment, it would be a, a fairly a simple process. Uh, all right. So let's touch on real-time data. This is not a real-time, we're not seeing real-time views, but are there any ways, any other ways that you're, uh, or any ways that you're incorporating real-time data into, into the solution? Yes, so we actually have a compass. Um, the first responders tell us what they want and then we just uh, get our software engineer to produce it. But one of the complaints from first responders is when you get into a building, you make two or three turns or corners and you don't know mm -hmm. what direction you're going. So we have a live compass so that when they're in the model, they always know which direction they're facing. Um, we also are developing what we call a clearing function. So if the first responders have cleared a room, it can be denoted on the model and deployed to everyone who has the model, dispatch or the first responders in the field without refreshing their browser. So it automatically says this room has been cleared, um, which is good during the incident, but it's also good kind of post incident when they have to do the whole school. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been uh, helpful for them. And we are currently working on um, uh, doing location uh, for the first responders within the building in real time. Okay. All right. So there, again, so, so many fascinating things. My mind is just spinning here trying to under, to, to, to think about all this at the same time. So the, the compass, I really get that because I've I've often marveled at how they do it. And first responders are really good. And I know they get they have their bearings. But once you, like you said, if, once you've come into a facility you're unfamiliar with and you've made a few turns and somebody says, no, the threat has just moved to the north. Right. How long does that take you to figure out which way is to the north, right? Um, and and what if you get it wrong and you start moving to the south? Those those kinds of things, and the room clearing functionality that too um, seems so important because you need to know who wh what areas you've already cleared so that you can start isolating the threat. Um, and then something you said there. So in it, 
in a typical application, I would presume that you could have multiple people with the tool so that team A can keep, you know, can, can see what rooms have been cleared. So the, mm -hmm. by team B and, and vice versa and that kind of thing. Uh, and then of course, the next logical step to that is what you just touched on. So, and that's not available yet. It seems like that maybe in the future. So team A can now see where team B is, right? And which right. direction they're headed and real-time information about the various teams, clearing teams that are in the facility. And in addition, we have the ability to place what we call beacons. Um, and we're coming up with a different kind of coding system, if you will. So uh, as a first responder is going through the school, if there's an injured person, they can place a beacon right at that spot. Everyone oh. gets to see it so that when the um, EMS comes, they know where they need to go. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, I can see how that would be crucial as well. So EMS now knows where they can go. They can see that it's in a cleared area, um, right. You know those kinds of things. Okay. Fascinating. Well, it would be interesting for me to hear about any of the challenges that you face while trying to implement this technology. Are there privacy concerns or I don't know, maybe it's enormously expensive. I don't know. But what kind of what kind of challenges have you come up against trying to implement the solution? So I think cost obviously is one issue. Um, what we did to try to help with that right now, our current cost structure is 15 cents per square foot. And that's going to put most elementary schools um, at an initial scan of fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. So that includes the scanning and the editing, which isn't you know terribly expensive. But when you're talking to a school district that has yeah. thirty schools, yeah. then it becomes um, more of an issue. Um, we do have a, a yearly maintenance fee of two thousand dollars per building, so um, that includes us having to go rescan if we need to. Um, as we add functionality to the models, we have to update all the models, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I would say cost has been a little bit of a, um, a challenge. And to try to circumvent that, we actually started a nonprofit called Secured My School. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a public health person in my background. And so I, I wanted to make sure that everyone had access to this, not just schools that had money, right? right. And so I developed this um, 501c3. So parents could donate to get their school scanned. We can help them uh, get a STEM or a STEAM grant to um, bring in funding that way. And we provide education to the students um, about geospatial technology we actually have them scan the school. And we've already been able to demonstrate this. Um, we had four high school students scan buildings with very little um, information, just the videotapes that we had made. And they were able to do so. It's not difficult to do the scanning piece. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so, and, the, and then we would also show them how to edit it as well. But we felt it's important to have the kids be part of the solution. You know, they're the ones that are having to do the active shooter drills and all that stuff. So I think empowering them to absolutely. make them safer is really uh, emotionally a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Give them they're, they're act actively involved uh, in that process. So that's that's awesome. Um, and it also occurs to me that, you know, there are a lot of um, emerging technologies that may apply and and 
see, these are new things, so they probably don't now, but things like AI or drones, like live video from drones and, and that kind of thing. Uh, augmented reality, I could envision a, a scenario where the first responders, some of them actually have, you know, VR headsets and that kind of thing. So is that the kind of thing that you're looking at that may be integrated into your, a solution like yours? Yes, absolutely. So we have an Apple developer account, um, which was actually relatively inexpensive, I thought, uh, but we're hoping to develop technology so that they can wear um, augmented reality uh, eyewear mm -hmm. that's hands-free. So um, that would be a huge improvement. Now, right now, obviously, they're having to look at their tablet or their phone, right. but if we could get a hands-free option, that would be terrific. Right. So it will it can the it can display on either a tablet or a phone, right? Yep. So okay, yeah. It's housed in the cloud, um, so the security is you know excellent. When we do the scan, we give a copy to the school, and they're responsible for that. If they want to give it to their faculty members. That's great. Um, a lot of our schools have actually used the model for recruiting of faculty. So if they go to a job fair, they can show their school. That's been very helpful for recruiting, especially in rural areas. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, excellent. Um, well, uh, we're about out of time. I, I really appreciate it. this. is a fascinating, and I hope that our audience will will spend some time on your website looking at the the resources that you offer there because I found it totally fascinating. But we would like to end with kind of an open-ended question. The essence of this question is, what should I have asked that I failed to ask? <laughs> but uh, is there anything else that you think that our audience needs to know about the technology used, um, you know, your your solution, or what, what's going to come in the future in, in this kind of a solution? So actually, our model was tested by um, Iowa-Minnesota SWAT team and they did an active shooter scenario in an elementary school. Mm -hmm. um, the first teams didn't have access to the model and from them to get to the target and put two simulation bullets from the time they, they entered the school was on average about seven and a half minutes. And the teams that had the model, um, their average time was 31 seconds. So wow. it allows them to, you know, map out in their head how they're going to get to where they need to go quickly right and that and that is the key and i just uh, i really admire what you're doing and i commend you for for this work because we all know that seconds matter in a situation like this and anything that we can do to reduce that first responder time the time that it takes for those responders to get to our children is mm -hmm. is crucial and from my opinion worth any expense um, so uh, I hope lots of people will, will check out the solution and see what they can do. These are the kinds of things that we need to come up with to combat this, you know, ever growing threat that we have. So thank you, Dr. Bell. I really appreciate your time. Uh, it's been a fascinating conversation and uh, a big thanks to our listeners for being with us. And please remember to like and subscribe if you find this podcast interesting. And join us next time for another episode of the Brilliance Security Magazine podcast. <laughs>